Hello and welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. We are back. We are back in our grown-up evening midweek slot. The Saturday morning hungover podcast of shame are over with football back this Saturday. We are back on a Wednesday night. We have a big screen in front of us here. John Terry wearing a Black Lives Matters t-shirt while watching possibly the worst game of football I've ever seen in my life, Aston Villa versus Sheffield United. So it's an inauspicious start. And do not adjust your sets. They have let Clive from Lost for Words host the podcast for the first time. I'm already referring to myself in the third person, which uh, is fairly terrifying as well. Uh, luckily, I have uh, an excellent experience support act in what can only be described as the Ian Botham position. And if you know, you know, is Paul Finney, who's sort of laid down in bed. How are you, Paul? I'm actually sitting up in bed now. Yeah, that's slanderous. I'm actually right. And welcome to your first ever hosting. I'm sure it'd be grand. What can Let's possibly after loads of name shade? <laughs> what can possibly go wrong, hey? Uh, and our foul mouth uh, friend from Finsbury Park is here, Flo Lloyd Hughes. <laughs> How are you? Hello, Flo? hello. And um, Clive, I do know what that both in reference is, and that is disgusting. So <laughs> we're, we're back. Uh, we're back on evening uh, evening times now. Post watershed. Um, that's true swigging beers Finney's got his gluten-free beer uh, late, so night, yeah, late night session apart from the match uh, on Saturday against Barnsley meaning that we've shifted back to mid also shifted back to midweek because we have a guest and that guest is Ian Morris uh, creator of the Inbetweeners and also the first team which you may have seen started on BBC2 this week we were going to do a little bit of uh, an intro and a talk about Saturday, but as it turns out, Ian is early and he's already in the waiting room. So we're going to let QPR fan Ian Morris in from away, straight off the bat, interrupted by Finney's dog as always. Where is that mute button? There it is. Uh, and we'll let Ian Morris in from LA now uh, and welcome him to the podcast. Ian, welcome. Hello. Welcome back. You've been on before. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, from a long time ago. Exactly. From from LA. Are you based in LA now? Yeah, well, I'm not I'm not well, I kind of deny it, but uh, my wife's American. I suppose my children are American, so that kind of ties me down a little bit. But no, I I spent most of the last year working in the UK and the year before that and the year before that. So I'm kind of backwards and forwards normally, but um obviously the past few months I've not been anywhere except for pretty much this room to be honest. America looks great at the minute as well. So you've definitely landed there at the right time. Uh, in, in QPR colours as well. So, uh, yeah. so good got to my, see. For my birthday one year, my uncle's an artist called Michael Whittlesey and he painted me a loft of three. I can get on my bring over, shall I? Yeah, bring it over. We're doing show and tell. This is yeah. the advantage so, of Zoom videos. I have this on my wall at home to remind me when I'm in LA. That's actually quite nice. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, yeah. that's it's really a nice. Yeah, my, well, Michael would have said, yeah, he did that for me. So I've had that on my, my wall for many years. Reminds me of okay. home. Ian will tweet that for us, I'm sure, later on, won't you, Ian? What's that? Those, you, you'll tweet that later on so people can see what it is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Thank you, yes, Ian, because otherwise... Are listening on the got, audio. 
I haven't got Twitter on my phone, but I will tweet later the picture of Loftus Road on my feed somehow. I'll try and work out how to get Twitter on my phone. I'm pretty bad with technology, to be honest, but I'll try. Ah, tell me about it. I'm, I'm doing this in bed with an ipad thing my daughter gave me, so... Pfft. Okay. What, what's this go wrong? Good to see you. It's been a long time, by the way. Yeah. What are the nicest people we've had on the podcast, if I may say so? Even well, though we've... Real shockers. Well, no, I've tried to get you drunk and you still said nice even when you're drunk. So that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> so to be fair, Ian's, uh, Ian's nice painting of the, uh, the Loftus Road sign that he just treated us to there is probably about as close as all of us are going to get to Loftus Road, even though the football is mm. back on Saturday. So let's, I mean, let's start with that. How are we all feeling about football coming back on Saturday without us there? Ian, you were going to be watching it on a stream anyway, I take it. So yeah, uh, I've watched a lot of it. I've watched a lot of it on streams actually. I think I was meant to be back in the UK for the like for this game actually. I was um, I was coming back anyway, but uh, yeah, it's kind of I've watched a lot of it on the streams, so it won't be that different for me. I just I just keep remembering it's June and not sort of. Uh, not, it's kind of I think you know you'll I think you'll find it a different experience. It's a slightly worse experience. Yes, it's a slightly worse experience. It's considerably worse. Experience. But it's, you know, I mean, if that's the only way you can watch QPR, which is normally the only... Well, I actually got through a lot of games the past couple of seasons, but, um, yeah, normally I watch a lot of it. And it's it's fine. I think it's the lack of crowd noise is going to be the thing that's going to be super weird, just from watching the Bundesliga, really. Yeah, they have been te- we, they have put a system in at, uh, at QPR that they were testing again today. So they are going to pipe some crowd noise into the ground. I was talking to the guy that uh, has done that for the club earlier today, and he says they're not doing it right unless the referee tells them they've got to turn it off. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how that goes. Flo, how are you feeling about Saturday coming back without us? Are you, are you going to be there in your Radio London capacity? I still don't know, to be honest. Um, it's all very weird. Um, yeah, there's only about five spots at any game. Like, I think mm-hmm. I mentioned this on Saturday. There's only five spots for radio, and they're kind of being um, you know, fought out between TalkSport, Five Live, local home and away and then potentially the club radio so at the moment I'm going to be watching at home as far as I know unless I get a last minute call up um and I don't think you know there's no final score there's no soccer Saturday happening so the whole kind of you know Saturday match day experience in terms of having updates from around the grounds which is normally what I do for BBC Radio London isn't really going to be happening in the same capacity. I think, you know, because everyone's going to be watching at home and because the um, the numbers are really limited, they're just not bothering with those kind of like mass updates, even though I would quite like to see, you know, Chris Kamara uh, on, on his Todd in the gantry doing an update uh, wherever he may be, but we're not going to get that luxury, sadly. So, yeah, I think I'll be at home. Um, it's um my um half brother's birthday on Saturday, so I think we're gonna do like a a family Zoom situation, um, which should be quite fun and um watch us lose probably. Would be very QPR. <laughs> Finna, you've already discussed um how you're gonna try and turn up late for the kickoff in your own living room. Apart from that, how are you feeling in all honesty? How are you feeling about this football coming back without us? Because I mean I'm I'm struggling to get on board with it to be honest. I know why we need to complete the season, but it's really, it's not doing a lot for me. And Villa Chef United has not improved that feeling, to be honest. Yeah, I've, I've watched some of that and it was dire. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's not good. Like it depends on what, what you... I guess people like Ian and those exiled, and when I've been abroad as well during games, you stream in and it's lovely and it's nice, but I, I just like going. I like even seeing your smiley wee face in the pub, Clive, said no one ever. Um, it's all, that, that to me was about your mates, um, you know, and, and stuff like that. So that's going to be really weird. And I'm, I've got really mixed feelings about it because it's, after watching that Villa game with that fake sound, it, it's, it's kind of put me off a wee bit. Do you know what I mean? It's like watch this game to victory. I mean, we've always said you don't go to you don't go to QPR for the winning, don't you? Do you? Yeah. you don't go to it for the football? It's about the people and the experience, and you know it's been boiled right back down to the winning, which we don't do a lot of. So, uh, yeah, but I also Clive we- as well. Love to throw. I mean, Ian, you know this, and we all know we're all fans, and we're not straight. Strangers look at it to us, we'll probably go ah, but we know how important fans are. Love to We know how important that oh, yeah. feedback off the fans is. And I'm going to really struggle with that because I love Loftus Road and we all do. When it's the atmosphere is going, it's amazing. And it's hard to recreate that in your own house. What do you reckon, Ian? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, I just, you know, I kind of, I miss Loftus Road so much. And exactly what you said, Clive. I go for, not never go for the winning. I go with my dad and we, you know, just someone's had a pint before. And, you know, I, I, and Loftus Road is just such a unique place that I, I mean, even, to be honest, they, even they warm me up. They just showed the warm up. I'd be quite happy. Also, I've got a weird feeling about this season because I've loved this season so much. And I kind of like it not ending. So you never have that depressing, oh, where did we finish? Oh, we finished 16th. It's not going to happen this year. It's going to be like we had the mm. potential. We could have made the playoffs. We had the great young players coming through. Everyone was playing fantastic football. You know, kind of like in a way, it's been great for me to still have the sort of hope that this season was always going to be such a the way, you know, the way it's been, which has been, I think, in general, pretty wonderful. I, I The games I've been, I saw earlier on the season, particularly, I just, with some of the best I've ever, most enjoyable I've ever seen at Loftus Road, I think. Do we think that's because the expectations were so low at the start of the season? I was going to come on and ask you, I mean, how have you found this season? We obviously had our say over over many weeks. We've, we've yeah. really enjoyed parts of it, the defence notwithstanding. But from your point of view, expectations were very low at the start of the season. You know, what have you enjoyed and found of this season? I just, I think... You know, seeing Eze become the player that I was telling people sitting around me two years ago he was going to be, has been a joy. Um, a friend of mine who watches a lot of Stevenage was banging on about chair a lot and seeing him come through has been amazing as well. It's been great. I think, I mean, I sit sort of near left-back position and watching Ryan Manning, I think he first played left-back at Millwall away last year. I think I saw you there, Finian. And seeing that game was interesting. But I think when I've seen him play at left-back, it's been a joy. And, you know, that Luton game when we were 3-0 up and I think Eze hit the bar twice or something in the first 25 minutes. And then obviously it was the worst second half of a match. It was a disaster. But I've, I've loved it. I've loved watching them play that kind of football. You know, young players coming through and, and seeing Grant Hall come back. And I've really, I've, I've really, I've really loved it. And I, I sort of don't want this season to end in a weird way. So the fact that it wasn't ending felt quite good uh, to me. Yeah, nine uh, nine games to go. Where do where do you see it going from here? If we had to sort of nail you to the wall, I mean, is the, is this playoff push on? No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I think we're such a streaky team, aren't we? We're such a streaky team that it's one of those things where it doesn't bother me. I'm, I've got I'd love us to make the playoffs, but it feels like we do have we have good streaks. We were on a bit of a good run to get to that position, and then it's you know there's been such a big break that I don't know. I'd love. I mean, I would love it. Adore them to make the playoffs, and I just but I've. Again, I'm not really into it for the winning, so I'm kind of like, well, I feel like they're not going to get relegated, are they? So as long as score a few more goals, then that'd be pretty good. I remember, yeah, it's just been, it feels like a long time ago now, but I, the first few weeks of the season were particularly fantastic, I thought. 
watching Bright tear him tear into fullbacks, oh. whether you're there, whether you're there or not, is going to be a is going to be a treat when we come back. It did, it did occur to me when I was doing the match previews today that we were just starting to get on a bit of a roll the last time we played Barnsley in normal times, and that ended up yeah. I think we just won at Birmingham. Bright had scored that amazing goal. We'd just beaten yeah. Preston first two clean sheets of the season. And now here we are again, having just beaten Preston and uh, it's Barnsley on the horizon again, who did beat, we'll come on to our friendly results in a minute, maybe briefly. Uh, Barnsley did beat Sheffield United in their friendly last week. So uh, is history destined to repeat itself? For? Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about that because, you know, <laughs> it, even in, in the best of form, we, we struggled against um, them coming off that, that really good run where we really started to kind of work out our defensive strengths finally. Um, and I think behind closed doors, plus not a massive lead in, in terms of training, like proper training, plus some dodgy friendlies, I'm a little bit worried. Um, I think playing at home is good because we know the pitch well. Um, so I'm hoping that will be a bit of a benefit. But obviously, the the narrow Loftus Road pitch is great when you've got the crowd to help you kind of make the most of it. It's not so great when it's kind of an empty vacuum. But um, it'll be interesting. I, mean, I don't. I haven't actually looked because I mean, if I do get um, yeah, but if I do work on Saturday, I'm going to have to really um, do some swatting up quite quickly. But I haven't actually looked at um, Barnsley's kind of contract situation because, um, you know, Hull, who are um, right in in the relegation fight, have had a nightmare um, mm. where they sit five players, their captain included, um, Irvine, you know, um, all not playing. Um, we've obviously already lost Pew. Um, Hall is... I don't think there's an agreement being reached there. It's looking unlikely. Um, my brother was telling me the Pew situation is tied to appearances and, and him getting an extension. And QB, I didn't want to tap into that. Um, but Cameron will probably play it and get that extension for next season. Um, so, yeah, I haven't really kept an eye on Barnsley's contract situation because I don't know if they're going to turn up with, you know, a really depleted squad, in which case that would be great for us. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I think Barnsley are fine. Like you say, Hull, who were probably already going to go down, I don't see how they stay up now, having lost another five players this week to various contract nonsense. But we, we did touch on the friendly results. They haven't been great for, for what they're worth. I was a bit I was a bit surprised and not surprised that the... QPR Twitter meltdown at the uh, friendly results, but we did. We do have to say we did lose seven one to to Chelsea at the weekend in whatever just like old times. Come whatever on, whatever standard of football it was. So I'm just going to chuck that over to Finney now. A seven one defeat to Chelsea and pop myself on mute for ten minutes and, and see. What <laughs> <you do. clears throat> well, it's never nice to to lose to the um to the great Satan. Um, how much should we into it? I mean. I'm guessing if you look at Premiership sides and, and all levels, if they play any Championship side, even the ones at top table, they're going to win because the difference is massive. Um, but seven ones disappointing. Losing as well before that, we, we we got beat by West Ham, so not good. But then get your mistakes out of the way early. Who knows? Listen, it'd be so QPR to go and lose the Barnsley and win every single game after that and get into the playoffs. You know, it's just, it's a not knowing. But like I'm going with what Ian's saying. Um, we're not going to get relegated. It's a massive improvement on last season. And if all doesn't play, I presume Matheson will come in. And he, I, I like him a lot. I think mm-hmm. he's a great prospect. I think the more games he gets under his belt, the better for next season. Manning's been superb at left back. There's no question about it. I know some people don't actually like him, though, because it's not his national position. But 
I think if you look at his stats, they're way up there with anyone else in the league who are natural left backs. And Samuel, it's, you know what, Clive, you're right. Watching Samuel cut in in that wing is is, is beautiful, and it's, it, he's been such a player and such a fan this season that we're probably not going to get to see him in a Rangers shirt live again. So this is as close as we're going to get. But yeah, yeah, I, I reckon it'll either be a massacre, we'll absolutely kill and take bonds into the cleaners, or we'll lose one 0 with a dodgy penalty. <laughs> well, look, we uh, we beat we lost two one to Boreham Woods the week before the actual season started, and then went and won at Stoke on the first day. So I think that's you know, true. That's how much you leave, read into friendly results. That's what I'm telling myself anyway. After a seven one loss at Chelsea, that's the last time we're going to mention that. Um, you don't stop last, on for Kate, the podcast. Since we last <laughs> recorded, <laughs> we have lost Mark Pugh, um, which came a little bit out of left field, and they've said mm. that it's because one more game would trigger an extension. Although, given he's made a really odd number of appearances, like 31, I'm, I'm intrigued by the contract that says you get a new contract at 32 appearances. But I'm sure they know what they're on about and they've decided to release him. Probably, who does that open the door for? Shadipo, Jack Clark? Who's getting the? Uh, who's getting a chance there, do you think? I hope not Jack Clark. I just, that whole deal was such a waste of time. Um, I think it, I'd love to see Shadipo. I mean, the only thing with having Shadipo and Samuel is just, a bit of a onslaught of pace and perhaps we need a slightly kind of softer backup, which I, I think Pew did provide that obviously bags of experience. Um, and I, I thought, I thought he was, a, I thought he was a good player and seemed like a really, really good guy. So I think it'll be a loss to the squad, like losing that experience, but I can understand if that is going to activate an extension, then what's the point of having, you know, a very senior pro on your books who's probably not on, you know, the worst money in the world, um, you know, when he's just a squad player effectively. But I think seeing Shadipo would be great. Um, and it also means that, um, you know, Chair will probably play 90 minutes, um, which is great. And you won't come off for Pew in the, like, you know, 65th minute or whatever used to be the, the go-to sub for Morbiton. So I think it's, it's great. I'm just slightly worried about injuries um, because even, you know, January, February, once we had kind of a couple of departures and we didn't look to replace them, we were already quite a small squad. You know, had a couple of injuries in defence and obviously that's where Masterson came came in. And now losing Pew, potentially Hall not coming back, um, you know, we could find ourselves pretty thin on the ground quite quickly. Um, and you just hope that someone like Hugo, who's, you know, you mentioned Clive, I think that he had an operation, He's a big guy and coming back to match fitness for someone like that is quite tough, even when you haven't had an operation. So I'm kind of worried about him, you know, getting injured pretty quickly and then us looking like we don't have many options up front. It'll be a big chance for Ote. Ian, what have you made of Pew? He's like a weird, he wasn't as good as I thought he was going to be, but I don't think he was as yeah. bad as other people said he was. What, what did you make of him? I, I think that's exactly right. I sort of was like, oh, okay, this is going to be exciting. And I was like, oh, he's not really playing. Oh, he's playing a bit. Oh, he's kind of okay and then and then and then I think he grew into it a bit you could see him kind of I think in the later games that I saw I guess it was like maybe February time you could see him thinking oh I see what my role is in this team a bit it felt like he was going okay I get what I've got to do here I'm not sort of just you know a free and easy winger it's basically coming on being giving a bit of defensive strength telling people what to do a little bit so you think again he seemed like a great I, I thought he'd be this sort of you know particularly in that like best ever championship team, wasn't he, or something? I was like, is this the same? He's a legend, he's a legend of Bournemouth, yeah. yeah. That's it, a total legend of Bournemouth. Like, can, can this be the same bloke? 
But he was, but at the same time, wasn't he? Wasn't I wouldn't put him in my championship all time team, but at the same time, I think it's a bit of a loss. But then financially, it's probably a good thing for the club. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not. I mean, not, it's not like when uh, Leisner left, I was quite heartbroken there. I'm afraid. Really? Yeah. I just still that that ball for Naki Wells against Luton from the back was still like they one of the best. And I just I love a big centre back. I've just got one of the a big like not mucking about centre back with someone playing the ball off them instead of my. My preferred, so I, I'm going to miss him. If you wanted to be critical about us this season, you could say we're a little, we are a little soft, aren't we? Particularly since uh, since Leisner's gone. I mean, we can bring Jeff Cameron into this conversation because the club have just announced that he will be playing in the summer games, right. and this does trigger an extension, so he will be here next year. Finney, right. few going, Cameron staying. What are your thoughts? Um, I can say I think Ball and Cameron will use Hilda midfielders, obviously. And then that gives Samuel and Ezzy freedom and the protection to go forward and wreak havoc with Hugo holding up and bringing the other two in. Um, so, yeah. And also Cameron can fill in at centre-half. Should Hull not reappear so we get injuries. I'm just kind of worried because Sudipo, I think, is is a great squad player. I'm not sure I'd start with him. I think he's an impact sub. Um, I'm just wondering how strong the squad is. You know, after because watching the game tonight, even though it was a really boring game, there's a lot of cramp involved, and you do wonder, you know, with the five subs, is our strokes, is our squad strong enough to cope with that? Should we lose any more players? I mean, Pew was strange because when he came on the podcast, he was looking forward to the start, wasn't he? So obviously, he wasn't aware. Yeah, he did seem he did seem pretty gutted um, on his social media, as you would mm-hmm. be if you're telling you're not getting a new contract or playing, not to not to carry on. Um, and obviously, in his kind of um, ripe old footballing age, um, it's, it's obviously tougher when you don't really know what the future holds for you or where, where you're going to play again. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Finney. Similar, similar concerns. Um, but it, it excited, excited for it all to come back, really. I'm hoping that it doesn't speak to a wider deteriorating financial picture because, like you said, there was no indication when we had Pew on this podcast a few weeks ago that he wouldn't be here and then all of a sudden a week before the restart, off he goes. So, I'm, I, like you, it concerns me not because of who he is and who we've released him, but, you know, why we've released him. It does look inevitable. I mean, we we talk semi-seriously about this playoff push. We're six points away with favourable fixtures. We all know what QPR do with favourable fixtures. But also, I don't, Clive, I don't want to play off because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want us to get to a playoff final when we wouldn't be able to go and enjoy it at Wembley. That's shit. This, this is this is true. The other, assuming we don't win the next two or three games and really get into contention, there is going to come a point, presumably over the next nine games, they're in such a short period of time and there's so much travelling involved where we are going to have to use some of the younger players. And Vinny, mm. you mentioned Hugel there, could be a big chance for Ote over the next nine games. You're thinking that Shadipo might play on the wing. I, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, but Batash, Batash who came on in the FA Cup. Um, Look to you know he could play in that three behind the striker. Gubbins, the centre back who came on in the FA Cup, um, more games for Masterson as well. Who? What are we thinking? Do we think that these nine games will quickly turn into trying sort of players out for next season, or is that not how we see it going? Who was the lad that we had in loan to League of Ireland? Because he seemed to be doing quite well. I haven't heard of him returning. I think he's still there, isn't he? Yeah, but their league's kind of... Yeah, OK, fair enough. I mean, if you're under-23 player, you've got to be knocking on the door, surely. You've got to be desperate to prove yourself. 
Um, Ote, I worry about his confidence, but then there's no crowd to get on his back should he do mistakes. It'll be interesting. And when I've watched him in under-23s, which is mm. basically effectively exactly the same conditions as they'll be playing in, he scored like... You know, five goals sometimes. So this is also like the there's also no team. alternative. There's also no alternative. It's either Hugel or yeah. him. So whether he's confident or not, you know, I, th- I think we're bound to be seeing some of him, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, you could probably put Bright Samuel up front and, and bring in Sadipo as a winger. Maybe do it that way, change it around a bit. But yeah, we haven't. And, you know, the lad's got confidence. We took when he came on to a penalty. He's definitely got confidence. As hopefully getting more experience will, will bring out. There's a player in there somewhere, Clive. But I just hope we haven't left it too late. Yeah, his his goal record when he's been loaned out, uh, it doesn't it doesn't thrill you. It doesn't fill you with confidence. But his goal record at under twenty three level does. I guess we'll just have to see how uh, how Hugel copes with the with the nine games. What do we think about? Uh, oh, the other one I wanted to mention was Seni Dieng, who's obviously done amazingly. He was at Doncaster, wasn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. done amazingly on loan first at Stevenage, then at Dundee. Loads of Scottish teams are interested in buying him after he'd been at Dundee. He's now had a great season at Doncaster, by all accounts. I know for a fact that Birmingham City are really keen on trying to buy him this summer. And he, he's never actually played for us. So is this, given the troubles we've had in goal this year, do we see him featuring at all in these nine games now he's back from Donny? I don't well, think sorry. so. I don't think so. But I think we'll see him a bit like... Um, like when Lumley got dropped and Kelly came in and there was a brief time before um, Dieng had gone on loan to Doncaster where he was kind of hanging around the squad. Um, mm. I think we'll see him do that again um, and kind of be part of the squad and be there in the warm-up um, when Lumley was out. But I don't think we'll see him replace Kelly. Um, Dieng's, Dieng's this weird thing. He's not actually that young. He's is he older than Lumley yeah. and the same as Kelly or the yeah he's the like twenty four or something. He's never yeah. actually played a game for us. I wonder. I know Chris Woods did play for us at the start of the eighties, but I wonder if it's going to be this sort of a similar repeat where he goes away and is a brilliant goalkeeper for other for others and wins international caps and whatever, having not been particularly sparkling for us. Where it's it's a strange situation for him to have a goalkeeper like that that's never played for us that's getting interest. I mean, if you if you look at his stats when he's been alone, they're, they're, they're really good. And anyone that watched the under 23s when he's played has come back and, and been raving about him. Um, there's a there's definitely an argument that he should get a chance. But then to play three goalkeepers in one season is such a Queen's Park Rangers way, isn't it? You know, it's I can't a long season it. there, remember, mate. It's like we've, yeah. we've been at this about 18 months already, I think. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, yeah, I, I think he's decent and I think he could do a job. And I, the fear is, Clive, as, and, and Ian and, and Flo, if he goes away and does some, somewhere else, you're going to really, really, really hit the fact we never give him a proper crack of the whip at Rangers. Because he is doing our well. goalkeepers, our goalkeepers haven't been particularly sparkling this year. You know, Joe Lumley, who also did very well out on loan, came back in, has obviously had a, a dire season by anybody's standards. It, I just, I don't, I just, I can foresee this situation where this brilliant youth team goalkeeper we never picked got to 24 and went to another championship team like Birmingham and, and you know, became some sort of star. It's it's just the sort of thing that happens to us. And he's actually quite tall, which is rare yeah. for some of the keepers we've had actually between the sticks in the last couple of years. Like, he's a big presence. I saw when I covered AFC Wimbledon when they actually beat Doncaster. I don't know how they did that, but um, Doncaster kind of threw away the game. But he was, yeah, he was, he was fantastic. So hopefully maybe... 
next season he'll get a shot if he doesn't leave in the summer. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, obviously we've got some big assets that we're trying to get money for, but I'm just worried a lot about injuries. And if, you know, Bryce, Samuel and Eze get injured in these next couple of weeks, that could take a massive dent in the potential um, money we're going to get for those two players. So I'm just re- I just really want them to play well, show off, bump up their price tag, and then, you know, get that fantastic deal and go on and have a great career. I just don't want some kind of dodgy injury to kind of basically screw over both sides of the deal. In the same way as an under-23 atmosphere might suit Ote, it might also suit Dieng because he does like a little dribble round his penalty box. I saw a disastrous goal he conceded against Bolton this year, trying a Cruyff turn on his own goal line. So it might be... Might be best if the uh, the Loftus Road the the panicky get rid of it uh, not there if we if we um, if we are gonna if we are gonna try and that uh, that might be uh, a big uh, a big benefit for him. I mean, Ian, are you are you on the side of we need to get the big money for Eze? We need to get the big money for Bright. The sort of pragmatic side, or are you on the more romantic? I'm desperate for them to stay just so I can watch them, and if we lose them on a free transfer, to hell with it. Which uh, which side of the podcast argument do you land on? Tricky, isn't it? Depends how I feel on the day. I think, I mean, the chances of watching both of those players play more is great. Like, I don't feel like I've seen enough of Bright, really. I think Eze, I, every time I watch him, I love him. I loved him when he, I've been coming on as a sub and stuff just after he came back from Wickham. Was it Holloway, I think, pretty picked him first? And it was just great. I was just like, oh, this is, this is something, isn't it? And, it? and it just feels like whenever I watch him, he just feels like he's got that thing of having a yard on all the other players around him, no matter who he's playing. He's just got some time and space. And it's, it's, and it's only when you start watching someone like that, you're aware of not seeing it every week and with other players and stuff. And so, yeah, I'm going to miss watching him play the whole time. But again, I, I feel like I feel like the club has sort of achieving its aims, isn't it? It's kind of like it's, it's said, the club's almost doing what it said it would do. We're going to try and bring players through. From maybe from different academies, we're going to try and build them up. We're going to sell them on. We're going to keep the money going, and then you know maybe like Brentford at some point, we're going to get to the point where we're buying bigger players in, and then we've got a promotion push. I think it just feels like I think if we were maybe one or two years further down in the project, I'd be more like you've got to keep them. You've got to keep them. Doesn't matter. Will we get promoted with them? It's going to be fine. But I don't feel like we're going to get promoted with them. And I think keeping them for a year and then probably not getting promoted next year with them feels like maybe. But again, that's, I think the trouble is, what you're saying is that it's like, it doesn't feel like we're too far off getting promoted. So is that is next year the year that we do get promoted. But then I think losing Hall, if we lose Hall, I think could be a big blow for that. You know, who's going to come in? You know, it, I don't know. And again, the goalkeeping situation that like you talk about. I, mean, I, I used to play in goal for years, and so I've always had a keen eye on QPR goalkeepers. It's been amazing amazingly high quality of goalkeeper that passes through Queen's Park Rangers. Even like we, Alex have done, we have done really well down the years for goalkeeper. Mm. Not this not this year, but <laughs> overall. No, again, I love Joe Lumley as well. I think he's I think he hasn't been helped by the crowds. And again, I, I was at that first, first game of the season at Bristol City or second game I went away to Bristol City. And there was one there was a howler there. I was like, I don't even know how he's done that. It's terrible. But I'm a big I'm a big fan of his. I think he's got real talent and I hope he kind of comes back. But the weird thing is when when you talk to pros about Lumley, even people that have left the club, Ian and and Flo yeah. and Clash, they rave about him and they say like yeah, on, on the training pitch he's just yeah. world class and he'll go on to bigger and better things. I just wonder if it is perhaps too much has happened to QPR for him to put it under the bridge sort of thing. But going also back to centre halves, I think if we lose Hall, 
if there's one position you can afford to lose players these days, I think it's championship centre half. So there's loads out there. We can find someone, and it'd be a shame. And um, we could replace him. Um, but Ezzy and Bright Samuel, how you replace them? God only knows. They're they're, they're once in an every three season type player. So it's going to be really, really difficult. Um, well, you know, ever since we lost Charlie Austin, we've never really had a proper striker. Mm. Obviously, Wells on loan in those periods was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. But since we lost Charlie Austin, we've never had a permanent striker. So we've needed those attacking yeah. midfielders to provide the, the creativity and the goals. Yeah. So, you know, Hugo will probably return to West Ham. I don't think we're going to pay whatever nonsense they want for him. Um, so we're going to have to dip in and try and find um, probably another lone striker to fill that spot. Or, you know, I pray finally once, you know, if for the first time maybe in my lifetime, actually reinvest some money wisely, um, that whatever money we do get, and buy a decent player in return because... No, no, no. That doesn't sound like the way <laughs> forward at all. Let's buy someone whose knee explodes in the first friendly or something like that. <laughs> I mean, there might there might be a deal to do with West Ham if they are one of the teams interested in Eze. I don't, but you know, Hugel? Do you want Hugo? Well, do you, I don't mind Hugo. He's a game I don't mind him, but like in exchange for Eze? No, no, no. Because I think and, and money, his, and money, and money. His wage, his wage would mean that we wouldn't be able to sign him permanently anyway. But you could maybe bring him back on loan as part of as part of that deal. I mean, you know, he's a game boy. His goals record is pretty good, although he is playing in our very creative team. I could do without him leaning back on those ones from two yards out as quite as often as he does. But, you know, I don't mind Hugo. He battles away and he's always covered in mud at the end. You know, he's yeah. he's sort of old-fashioned centre-forward. That's horrible cliche, isn't it? Sorry. I think the whole thing with Hugo... So, no, I've always, I've always started saying about him, again, I could, without the leaning back a few times, but apart from that, I think, you know, he seems to score quite a lot. He gets involved. Obviously, I quite like that sort of old, old-fashioned centre-back of, of centre-forward. Just like, just it just makes the centre-backs, I think, think a bit differently about what they've got to do. If someone's a bit bigger and a bit heavier and a bit more on top of them, they're like, OK, I've got to deal with him this way and I can't deal with, you know, Eze or Bright in the same way. And I think that's, you know, quite good to have. He winds yeah, them up. His technique is lacking. Yeah. yeah, but Clive, in this division, he'd be ideal and great for for a 20-goal 20, 20 season striker because he does knock defenders around, he does create chances and he winds people up to Haido. Um, but his yeah. wages would be astronomical. There's no way we could afford his wages. Unless West Ham continue to pay them, he came on loan. They got Ezzy plus ten million quid. I don't know, but it's going to be really difficult. I, I feel sorry for Les and Chris because I bet you they've had a plan all the way through the season, along with Warburton, of where we're going to go, who we're going to bring in, players lined up. Covid's happened, and it's threw everything up in the air because yeah. everything we're doing based on getting big money for them players. I mean. Sure, waiting in the wings to come in as well, so you got that, which is great. But you, you, I think the value's been halved, I'll be completely honest with you, and that's that's going to hurt. But then I suppose, yeah. as, as Warburton said, so is everybody else that you're after. But, yeah, if we let them go for three and two million each, it'll be criminal. The plan, I think the, the plan's pretty clearly been to try and get some big money for Eze and Bright with Paul Smith and Ilias Chair ready to step in for the two of them. And like you say, that's uh, that's all up in the air. The bit, I think the bit we'll come to regret with Bright, apart from not giving him a contract, you know, maybe at the start of this season, he hadn't played so much and we weren't sure about him. I just, McLaren, you know, I know I go on about McLaren a lot and all the, you know, the things he got wrong, but he really got bright wrong. He just didn't use him at all last season. And maybe had he done so, we could have realised what we had and got him on the contract. Mm. Then we wouldn't be in this situation. It's almost too late now, isn't it? 
remember at Middlesbrough away last year, uh, someone that works at the club high up who will remain nameless came out of the ground after we'd lost at Middlesbrough and Bright had come on for the last 20 minutes, I think. And we gave him man of the match based on 20 minutes in a 2-0 loss at Middlesbrough. And the, the guy that works at the club just said, who does Bright have to blow to get a game in this team? And I think McLaren was sacked not very long after that. So, uh, you know, I just... It's not so much this season, his contract that we'll look back and regret with Bright. It's last season when McLaren just wouldn't wouldn't use him, which when you look at him now, he's just bizarre, isn't it? Because in many ways, he's even, you know, he's even more effective for us than Eze is. He's just a joy to watch. As as one of the more experienced people in the pod, I just had to point out to any children listening that he's talking about blow football. Okay, kids? It's an old-fashioned game. Look it up on Google. Ian, I'm going to try... Um, um, maybe we can um, subtly... Um... Uh, shoehorn in a, a plug for your new show based on the talk about transfers and agents because I know some of that features in it, right? I don't know if you yeah. want to give give your PR spiel, which I'm sure you've had to give um, about a gazillion times over the past couple of weeks. No, I've given up. But I've basically, no, with the first team, it's a new 9.30 BBC2 or on the iPlayer, every episode available on the iPlayer. The first team, it's about a fictional top flight club and three young players at that club. That's what it you know, is. And it's, jokes. Bit, it's just jokes, just a load of jokes, really. Cool. I watched a bit of this today, uh, Ian, knowing that you were coming on um, right. that you were coming on tonight. So what are the uh, in television they say, what are the origins of this project? Is this something you'd always wanted to do and now because you've got a name in the in-betweeners, they just let you do what you want? Or is it is it a bit more complicated? <laughs> I think it's a bit of that, for sure. <laughs> no, um I when we were doing the second series of the in-betweeners, we just finished it and I was flying out to see my thing girlfriend now wife in LA and there's a spare seat on the plane next to me I was like oh great 11 and a half hour flight no one's sitting next to me and then quite a big bloke turned up and he sat next to me and he's you know he's obviously quite big for the seat and everything and he turned to me and he went how long's this flight mate it's eight hours I was like it's, a, it's 11 and a half hours he's like oh fuck and then he basically went um he looks like cool and everything. I said, so what do you do for, what do you do, for, what do you do in America? Are you a, what, a DJ or something? He went, no, 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 I'm a footballer. I was like, all right, who do you play for? He went, Queen's Park Rangers? I was like, oh, wait a minute. And it was Damien Delaney, who was our left back at the time. And, oh. uh, and Damien, I've, I've never, you know, I was like, oh, okay. And I started chatting to him. And we basically, I don't really talk to people on flights and I don't drink on flights. And we ended up drinking quite a lot and talking quite a lot. You see, basically, it was a, it was a day... He had a month off, so it was a, it must have been like the twenty sixth of May or something. So it was a day after the season finished. It must have been like it's a Monday. It would have been in those days. And that was, must have been quite a while ago because it's been a while since oh, he was 10, 11, 11 years, eleven yeah. years ago, 10, 11 years. Yeah, and it, and he and basically we chatted the whole way. And I said, and there was so much I didn't know about footballers, and so much I didn't know about their lives, and just the day to day what he was up to. And I found it so fascinating. And when I came back, I said to Damon, who I write the in betweeners with, I was like, you know, if we ever want to do something else about slightly older men, it's quite an interesting world here about you know you know, masculinity, but also kind of insecurity, job insecurity, worries, boredom, you know, because towards the end of the season, he's training an hour a day. And, and he's like, and he's not allowed to train. He's not allowed to do weights at home or to play more football in case he gets injured. So he's just sitting at home. He's a single guy in West London in like mid twenties. Um, you know, and it was fascinating really how you kind of fill the time and how do you deal with boredom and, you know, and insecurity about, because he was like, oh God, should I, I'm wondering if maybe I should move to, Saudi Arabia and play because you know what if no one what if I don't get another contract what if no one wants me after this you know what and you know he's kind of on the way up at that point and so was, I found all that really interesting and it just took us 10 years to write it as a as a comedy 
by going oh. out and buying 925 toilet rolls is how they spend their time according to according to the, the first or second well, episode that, of your show yeah that was slightly heartbreaking actually because that was like oh one of the characters um basically doesn't like buying toilet roll which when as soon as coronavirus hit was like well that's i mean that's come from a different century and then episode two is he washes his hands a bit too long well, well okay that's another one that's another, that's another one that's gonna definitely a relic of a time past did you did you find being a football fan or, and talking to Delaney, who played for Rangers at the time, kind of made you realise how insane? Because he he was there during what I call the insane years at Rangers. Oh, so yeah. His stories must have been absolutely incredible. They were pretty good. I mean, they were pretty. Again, they were. It's one of those things as a QPR fan. I was trying to sort of, I was trying to be a sort of you know, do research and try and hmm. be sort of very you know neutral about it all. But at the same time, some of the stories he told me about those years, I was like, oh god. Like I think it's been out there now. But like the Dexter Blackstock transfer and that kind of thing you know i mean you know he, Come on, just, you, can, you can tell us we're not going to tell anybody just, has, did, everyone, did everyone know this i can't i'm sure i can't tell i basically <laughs> can't tell you then in that case we don't know what happened i can't tell you yeah i've just forgotten <laughs> we know as much as the uh, four-year plan told us yeah the four basically it's in the four-year plan isn't it it's the four-year plan thing basically just like there were people pulling you know strings behind the scenes to uh to basically sabotage the manager it seemed like that seemed like what was happening Finney, oh, to... that sounds like something you might want to comment on. Well, yeah, that was mental, wasn't it? I mean, we went through <laughs> more more managers and most teams go through in the history. And, you know, it seemed to be at the press conferences and when they were given press conference, the club was trying to undermine them. Uh, certain websites, not yours, Clive, or mine or anything like that, were, were involved. It was insane. And I reckon Damien must have been in the middle of all that where he there was some seriously dodgy characters turned up at training grounds and... We found ourselves with an Italian goalkeeper who was banned for um, match fixing, yeah. and Holloway said it was the slowest thing he'd ever seen in two legs, um, and things like that. So yeah, it was insane. I mean, you could have written the whole thing about them, but no one would probably believe you. Who was the guy? Have you tried to crowbar QPR stuff in here? And I, know, I notice we keep coming up on the ticker at the, on, uh, when it goes to Sky Sports News. We're always playing Huddersfield on your on your ticker. Yeah, is is that it for QPR that, references? That is that is that basically is quite interesting. So when we did the we were putting like, you know, you sort of edit it for months and you put it all together and stuff and you put the ticker in. And I was like, you know, and you're sort of like quite stressful and it's long and it's difficult. And then, and then basically the graphics belong to the BBC. So you've got to pay extra money for the graphics. So suddenly you're like, oh Christ, we can't afford that. So what we have to do is we have to make our own to look exactly the same as the BBC one. And then you're like, well, we need some badges and the badges are copyright. So it's going to clear the badges. So I have to say, QPR, unbelievably. I said, I think I can probably call someone at QPR just to ask for a favour, and we did. So that's why QPR pops out is because they're just really nice. They're like, yeah, it's fine. Cheap. <laughs> well, it was just it was more they're doing it as a favour. It's more like somebody at least you can call. Actually, to be fair, Huddersfield as well. Like, yeah, fine, it's free. Do it. Don't worry about it. But um, in one of the one of the one, of the, I put a tweet out saying you were coming on, and we had some yeah. interesting questions to say the least. But one of my favourites was, and maybe Delaney will fill one of the spots was. Um, which Rangers players, past or present, are best comparisons to the four in between us, lads? Have you ever kind of thought he's a bit, um, you know, no, Grant Hall? Or... Well, Grant Hall looks like Blake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate. Yeah. That's like all fortunate, depending on how much you like Blake. But uh, yeah, but Grant Hall looks like him. He just certainly doesn't behave like him. I think he, he probably knows that Swansea's not an animal and is actually a terror, <laughs> unlike Neil from the in between us. Um, I don't know. I was trying to think about that, actually, because I saw it yesterday. I can't really... I thought that maybe um, you could have Will as Adele Tarrapt, because they could maybe describe a similar kind of space. 
And yeah, I think the, definitely. Also, in you know, although obviously has moments of brilliance, probably overrated their own ability. Yeah. A little bit. Both Will yeah. and Norabd, which I know is sacrilegious to say. Um, yeah, that's about as far as I go. I don't think anyone. I don't think. I don't think I could ever go back to Loftus Road if I claimed one of the players was a bit like Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I mean, I, I had a sort of moment of thinking about Jay Barton, who was probably my again. It's supposed to be a very nice chap, but was my least favourite player. Oh yeah, um, agreed on that. Yes, yeah, so, so you're not going to get a lot of disagreement on that. I mean, we've had a few on here that tell outlandish stories that that possibly aren't true. And, you know. We could, oh, yeah, okay, we, could yeah. pin Jay, we could pin Jay on some of our podcasts yeah. yesterday. Well, that was yeah, that's true, that, actually. About doing the first team was like, it was, you kind of, you, I heard a lot, we did a lot of research, spoke to a lot of current pros and ex-pros and Premier League players and championship players and all that stuff. We did loads and loads of research for it. And a lot of the stories were just like, yeah, we can't, <laughs> we can't really use that, I'm afraid. I'm like, no, can't use that one. No, can't use that one. No, that's, no, can't use that one either. And there's a lot of, so, you know, we're trying to make it about character rather than about, we never see a ball kicked in the series. So do keep, please do keep watching because uh, you won't, you won't see any embarrassing footballing, that's for sure. I mean, true. did you wake up last week to an absolute barrage of messages and tweets about the in-betweeners, given that uh, it was yeah, pulled, yeah. But, pulled, but not pulled as it, as it were? What, what was all that about? Uh, well, there's new rights owners for the digital rights, and they quite rightly, to be fair to them, took it. There's a free channel on YouTube where you could watch every in between episode for free that wasn't owned or run by anybody that was involved in the show, as far as I'm aware. And so they were like, probably going to take that off now. It's had about 20 million views. And so I think because it disappeared from YouTube, but not from all four or from you know any of the other platforms, people decided that it was being pulled. A, a, due to some sort of, uh, you know, wave of, of things being pulled. But it wasn't, yeah, so again, I, you know, I mean, it wasn't my decision to take it off YouTube, but I'm not unhappy that they did because hopefully I'll get more money now somehow. <laughs> but yeah, the timing, the timing wasn't ideal. It made it look, it made it look like something else in time. Yeah, it might be worth leaving a couple of weeks, but who knows. <laughs> Uh, we get, we uh, we should wrap up because there's a thunderstorm blown in here that my internet is definitely not going to uh, <laughs> not going to survive. Just to, make you feel, just to make you feel better, Clive, it's hit you first and it's not good. Yeah, it's taken my sky away. So I've lost Man City Arsenal yeah. for what it was worth. I, I regret bad mouthing Aston Villa, Sheffield United. Now I'd, I'd rather have it back. Um, let's talk uh, one by one about Saturday. Then I mean, it's just you know. Lick your finger and put it in the air and tell me what you think about QPR Barnsley on Saturday. 4-0, either way, what you know, Finney, predictions for for Saturday and, and how you're gonna feel sitting down watching it on your television. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm normally turning to like Alan or the B Cindy or someone out there and doing their head in and talking absolute shite. Um, so I've got to look at the dog and the cat and somehow just bore them to death. Don't know, mate. It's it's gonna be I mean, I feel sorry for people like Alan Barnes and people like that who's never missed a game, um, who go everywhere. This is going to be horrible for them. Um, and I, I kind of think if we play the way we can play and we know we can play, we, we can absolutely take them to the cleaners. There's no two ways about it. But this is new. This is untried, uncharacteristic. It's not normal. And God only knows what will happen. But I'm hoping for a 3-0 Rangers win, which is as feasible as losing 5-3. Barnsley haven't won at QPR in 25 attempts, going back to 1950, I think. Why, of, Clive? Why of, the, no, of those no, 25, of those 25 games, of those 25 games, they've lost 22. We've beaten them 22 times and drawn three, and scored the greatest goal of all time. So, you know, do you know? They, Fick, I'm, I'm still in the kitchen. Then bollocks, did I'm not watching it. <laughs> I mean, 
I was surprised by how far adrift Barnsley are, actually. I didn't realise they'd gone back to, to seven points adrift. They need wins. They need wins right now. But if you were a Barnsley fan, you'd be saying this is the worst possible place you could be coming. But if we're QPR fans, Ian, what are we thinking about Saturday? I think you're right. It could go either way. I might, I feel like we'll probably lose 3-1. But, uh, I think Hello, Mr also, Happy. We could also win 4-1. So, I don't know. It's just okay, It's going to be weird, isn't it? It's going to be weird to see what happens. I feel like... I'm going to go with we're going to win 4-1, but I suspect we're going to lose 3-1. i tell you what, though, having watched a lot of games on the sort of feed, when you're losing, it's even less fun than being there. I'll tell you that much. It's really not a great, not a great, but 2-0 down on the feed is not great fun. I never feel like we're going to score when we're in that situation. When I've been abroad watching with work, watching on the feed, the time seems to go mega quick and it just never, I just, we're not going to score. We're never going to score in this game, which I don't feel like when I'm at the game. It's a, it's a weird thing. Flo, what are you going for? 4-3 Barnsley or something? Oh yeah, I think it's going to be open season. I think it's going to be a lot of goals. I mean, given that when there were fans in stadiums, it was 5-3. I think 3-2 QPR. I'm going to... I'm going to go nil. I'm going to go nil nil then. Oh no, I can't. I can't. Yeah, I can't. Like Ian said, I'm, I'm sitting through nil nil on the feed sounds like punishment. I do not want to do that. At least give me a couple of goals if I'm going to sit and watch it on a tiny screen. I can't believe Clive's done that. It's really depressed me. It's ruined my day. What? You know, so it's like, going to be nil nil. No, not that. It's like they haven't won for so long. Yeah, they fucking yeah yeah. It's like. Oh, Seamus McGalligan's playing for so-and-so today. He hasn't scored for 14 years. Yeah, but I think, you know what? I think literally, I think stats are completely meaningless now because of everything that's happened. Like, you know, not only the fans, because of everything that happened. The players haven't been playing football for weeks. Some of them have just been running, you know, on a treadmill for 10 weeks or however long we were in lockdown. Like, I think, don't worry about stats. History means nothing now. You know, we're starting from scratch in football. It's you know a very weird situation so I don't think we can lean too much on that that's what I'll, I'll take with me anyway yeah cheers not helping <laughs> <laughs> all right but all right both in it uh we'll move on to uh we'll move on to ours end <laughs> we'll move on to ours end David sent me a note saying allow 10 minutes for this Finney will have three so Finney, <laughs> do you want to set sail on your your ours end at this point no, I'm just gonna. Actually, I'm just gonna like lie back and 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 take a rest while I listen to Finney's ours end. Go and write your memoirs. That won't take long, right? Um, no, it's it's quite simple, really. I feel sorry for those who've we've lost your lockdown, um, Dean McKay and so forth, and those who've passed on. And I have to say, your um, tribute last week to Jerry uh, Clive was amazing and uh, really hot woman. And um, so. Things are never going to be the same at the Bush again. We know that. And um, I'm thinking of those people who are missing out. But I'm also thinking that, you know, the fans are really stuck by the club this season. And I know you don't want to get the playoffs. And I know they don't want... But I'd like to just get some of the rewarders, even though we don't really want to go, and go through all that nonsense in the Premier League again. It would be nice to finish as high as possible and to put smells back on them faces. It's just a shame they're going to do it with an empty stadium. And the last thing I will say is the, the club have been absolutely amazing with what they've done in the lockdown with the games, yeah. the quizzes, the features, the interviews. I hate being nice to the club because it ruins my, my, my life because my, my whole joy is telling them what they're doing wrong. But they've been brilliant and outstanding as they have been all season. And I, I really think that and having young Sharpie, the, the young lad on as well, is brilliant as well. So well done, QPR. You've, you've, you've served your community brilliantly. Ian, before... 
curfew or whatever you have over there at the moment? Do you want to, do you want to, to, to add anything? <laughs> no, I think that uh, there was a curfew. The curfew is quite good. You get a message on your phone, just like buzzing really loudly, and it would tell you what time the curfew was. And it was literally one day. One day it was eleven o'clock, eight o'clock, six o'clock, three o'clock. Five o'clock, one thirty, and you're just like, okay, okay, I'm just gonna don't leave. So when are you actually are you actually allowed outside at all? Yeah, well, yeah, the curfew. Drunk they, stopped, they stopped the curfew last week, but right. uh, they were curfew for a while. Again, absolutely fine by me. Don't really leave the house anyway. <laughs> Haven't left the house for three months, so frankly, didn't really notice the difference. Um, no, it's great. I'm just very. I'm. I just think it's been a great season. Thank you for having me on. It's always a delight to talk to you. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I say, you know, it was interesting what you said earlier, Club, because. You know, me and my dad going the whole time is really what it's about. But um, I'm sure we'll still be able to have a good chat about the game afterwards. And so maybe not, you might might enjoy the actual game as much, but I'm sure the aftermath will be as enjoyable. The meltdown will be brilliant. Also, watch the first team, BBC iPlayer. Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah, you've got to get the plug in. yeah, I think for me, I've I've enjoyed. I've, I like. I echo what Finney said. I think the club have been fantastic at really keeping our community and our fan base engaged and also involved. And um, at a time where people were feeling quite worried, quite um, you know isolated, literally, um, and quite depressed, I think having the outlet of you know, the Rangers Rewind, which has been amazing. Rewatching the playoff final with all my family on Zoom was so amazing. Watching the four-year plan and having that chat on the, on the weekend was hilarious. Like, all these things have been amazing. And also the other things that the club have been doing, like ringing up fans um, and all the continued work that they do in the community. It just, like, all those things have made me really proud to be a QPR fan. And these days with so much crap on social media and when you know you know like sometimes it's hard to really be proud of football because there's so much that tarnishes it but actually it's been great to kind of be able to to see what the club are doing and say actually you know it's really great to be a QPR fan right now and I think we've done so well this season and you know if we keep keep pushing anything as a plus just like just leave the playoffs we don't need that drama uh before we let you go Ian in your in your show there is one player the captain I think of the team who is very rarely clothed and has a body part that is constantly in conversation and I'm tiptoeing around this slightly because I got told off earlier in this podcast but is that actually based on anybody and can you tell us who no it's not no it's not based on it was just it was that idea of like toxic masculinity and the idea of somebody who uses their nudity to kind of uh you know, impose their will on people. We just thought that was really funny that somebody's just always naked. Just like, it's just so grim. You don't know nobody wants to see it. And just, but that was, yeah, we, we actually, initially we thought we'd have him naked for every single episode. And, and But actually by about episode four, then the nudity kind of eases off. But yeah, no, the, and the foreskin joke, I've said it myself now, was just simply uh, us just struck, just literally trying to pull a joke out of the air, I'm afraid. Sorry. It's still got some of the, um, you know, like absurd gross comedy that made the in-betweeners so good. So, you know, if, yeah. you, if you like that, if, you, if you're into that, it's the show for you. I hope so. I hope so. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, David, I nearly got to the end. I, I nearly got you to the end of the podcast without incident, but... Uh, I, <laughs> no, uh, my fault, totally my fault. I was to gonna be say, fair, Clive, I, I, I can't help but say this. Brilliant hosting, by the way. I was, well, I was going to say I've blown that now, but that, that would have been inappropriate no, as well. So and, we, should, and, we should probably end at this point. No, and, and, and secondly, I have to say the swearing and the vulgarity is I, not you. You've ruined it for me. I'm seem like the sensible one. 
who doesn't swear, you've killed me. And Flo. <laughs> I mean, look, Flo swearing gets more response than I've had in, in nearly 10 years. And she's, she's only said fuck about three times. It's terrible. <laughs> Ah, it's falling apart. It's all falling apart. Sorry, David. The, um, yeah, some, of the ma- it, some of the mails we get about Flo swearing are, are strange. Um, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. Parish Notice Board. Parish Notice Board. The club are clearly concerned uh, that Saturday's attempt to stream our game to 10,000 people all at the same time is not going to go very well. They are pleading with people to test their stream and... Uh, Get on with it this week. Do not just turn it on at three minutes to three on Saturday and expect it to be there. Make sure you've done everything you need to do. Register, test it out. If you click on the link now, it brings up some colored bars and a beeping noise. And if it does that, apparently it means it's working. But do that before Saturday for your own benefit and for the benefit of everybody else. Because if it crashes, none of us are going to be able to see us lose 3-0 to Barnsley. And that would be absolutely terrible. So Parish Notice Board, do test and to be fair to, well to be fair to of Saturday, and to be fair to Club Clive, the idiot that I am, I and being a technophobe, I did try it. It didn't work. I emailed it, and it was working within the hour. I don't fancy doing that on Saturday at five to three. Trying no. to like get my dad through that process is going to be painful, so I might as well. I need to psych myself up for that one. Yes, don't try. I will get complaints. Everybody, <laughs> everybody, and everybody's dad, please, please. Do it before Saturday. Make sure it's working, and hopefully, we'll all it'll all run terribly smoothly and, and very non QPR. Uh, that is it. I hopefully haven't overrun this horribly. And as I say, that my Man City Arsenal game has miraculously reappeared on my television. The thunderstorm is over. Um, so, thank you, Flo, Paul, Andy, and for your company this evening. This has been Open All Ours. Uh, do you want to give us a come on you ours for Saturday, Finney? That's the traditional end, isn't it? Come on you ours. You pay off, you pay off, Chris Bond Ranger.